You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, your host, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, we have an exciting guest, Ben Silver, founder and CEO of Eden. Ben is a serial entrepreneur from the UK and was previously a co-founder of Ivy, a venture-backed consumer electronics company creating the first wave of voice assistants, which we'll have to dig into that a little bit. He founded his latest venture, Eden, in 2017 to create a network of urban amenity spaces powered by proprietary space management technology and open a physical location in Hudson Yards in 2019. Ben, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Melissa. So tell us, I gave a very high-level, broad one-liner on Eden, but tell us a little bit more about the space. Absolutely. So um, really the vision behind Eden was to create a network of uh, urban respites or urban immunity spaces uh, that cater to people's everyday needs um, during the day. So it could be, um, you know, you had 45 minutes between a meeting, uh, you need a place to freshen up before dinner, um, you know, it, it just to catch, um, you know, some, you know, just to relax dur- during the day. Um, and the alternatives are the noisy coffee shop, the awkward hotel lobby, or, you know, spending $300 a month on a gym membership or, you know, $100 a month on a gym membership. Um, there was really never a place that you could just drop into that was, uh, affordable, accessible, um, and had all the different amenities, uh, for the individual, um, that, you know, were just kind of situated around the city. Um, so really the vision behind Eden was to create that accessible network. Um, it was powered by our technology. So um, as simple as downloading our app, signing up, and then you had the option of um, either spending $6 every 30 minutes or a monthly membership. So very flexible and very accessible. Um, our first space was opened in Hudson Yards uh, in 2019. Uh, it had showers, it had nap pods by Casper, soundproof phone booths in different areas to relax, um, freshen up and to work. Um, and so, you know, that, that was a really exciting space. Uh, and, you know, in 20, 2020, we're looking to um, expand pretty significantly uh, beyond uh, Hudson Yards. Well, that leads me to my next question then. What is the longer term vision from Eden? Because I envision a pretty robust network that could be created across the country. Absolutely. Um, I think for us, uh, the big thing was figuring out how we um, fine tune the business model, um, you know, from leasing and spending money on CapEx to a much more asset light model, where, which enabled us to um, meet the requirements of, you know, some of our you know, some of the venture capital partners, um, but also create a sustainable business model uh, that wasn't reliant on leases and wasn't reliant on spending large sums of, of money on, on CapEx. And so what we've actually um, reconfigured in our model is um, changing from those leases to management deals and working with landlords um, where the landlords are the partners um, in the space itself. Um, and we come in as the operator, um, we come in to brand it and we come in to deploy our technology. Um, all that means that we are able to be way more flexible as to what spaces we can and can't go into. Um, and it allows us to expand much more quickly because we don't have the capital requirements of, you know, leased space or, you know, spending dollars on CapEx. Um, so we're looking to expand this year, probably to around five or six locations with that model. Um, and then, uh, in 21, um, we'll, we'll try and be a lot more aggressive in our expansion, um, outside of New York. Um, especially on the West Coast um, and in some um, some suburban areas as well. 
Interesting. So let's take a step back because that's an interesting, uh, not pivot, but modification to the model. In the first space that you launched, then I I assume that kind of plays the role of headquarters or the flagship, the the Eden flagship space. So for those who haven't visited it um, and they were to close their eyes right now, how would you describe, how would you walk them through the space? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, beautiful design aesthetics. Um, I think the easiest way to, to think about it is an urban airport lounge, an urban, you know, executive lounge. Um, and so you walk into the space, um, you'd have our app downloaded, uh, you get scanned into the space. Um, and then the first thing you see actually is a huge tree, um, in the middle of the space. And so nature kind of permeates. Um, the entirety of the space. And that's really designed to kind of be this um, home away from home, this escape from kind of the urban chaos. Um, but then we have a very open, open layout. Um, so lots of different seating types that are kind of conducive to working, that are conducive to relaxing. So soft seating, desk spaces, um, cafe style tables. Um, and then we have a large bathroom area with uh, bathrooms to freshen up um, with different uh, products such as toothbrushes, or uh, face moisturizer. Uh, then we have reservable showers. Um, and then in the other parts of the space, we have a, a nap pod uh, within a quiet area that we call the, the Zen Den. Um, and in, within that area, um, you can do meditation. You can uh, take a nap in a Casper nap pod, so fully self-enclosed space uh, with a single Casper mattress. Um, and so that's a 45 minute nap. Um, and then um, you know, we have phone booths, areas for coffee and refreshment. Um, so it's it's really kind of, yeah, an, an, an airport lounge on steroids uh, powered by technology. <laughs> well, it is beautiful. I've sat in it a few times, and um, it's definitely an enjoyable experience. The other thing that's interesting about it, it kind of embeds a very – organic approach to pop-in shops. So how do you, how did you approach the products that you curated to be showcased in that uh, environment that are also for sale? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the, the retail elements of the space um, designed to be very kind of dispersed retail, but the most important thing is, is uh, functional retail. Um, so it's things that people need uh, then and there or during the day. Um, so it's, it's really about, um, you know, how can you add value to someone's, you know, stay either then or there or what they're doing directly after, uh, being in the space. So, um, yeah, definitely brands that are functional that have, um, you know, a lot of immediate use cases, uh, things like that. So as you evolve the business model, do you envision that you would have maybe in key locations, some flagship spaces like you have at Hudson Yard supported by a more extensive network where you're an operator for spaces? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, we we see ourselves as we see the model similar to kind of how a hotel chain operates or some hotel chains chain operates um, where they, you know, they're brought in by a developer, they're brought in by a landlord and, you know, have that kind of brand prestige. Um, and each space will be um, slightly different uh, to to another one. Um, and it really depends on what the adjacencies are um, to the space, who's around, what the landlord needs. Um, and so um, that's kind of exciting as well, where you kind of can have this base layer of a brand and then each space can have a different um, configuration and be very flexible as to what it is. So um, every experience that you go, um, you know, every space you go into would have a a potentially a different experience or different set of amenities and uh, different set of functions. So as, as Eden becomes a, 
a mix of that and also um, more of an operator. Um, what what do you think the opportunities are? Because uh, when we look at the Hudson Yard space, it is more that airport lounge, you know, without the baggage, right? But um, but we also have an interesting thing happening in retail itself. So you're you seem to be in an interesting space right now where office is evolving and the third place is evolving, retail's evolving to potentially be more appointment-based. What's the vision of the opportunity of the implementation of your technology to support all of those moving parts? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, a little bit on the tech. Um, so, so tech for us was always a really key piece of, of the concept. Um, and it was something that we thought about from, from day one. You know, it wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't something that we retrofitted into the space. Um, the tech was really... You know, it, it covered a, a couple of things. It was how do you create operational efficiencies to reduce costs, um, and how do you create consumer efficiencies to ease, um, you know, the consumer experience and to create the most seamless experience. Um, and so that led us to building um, and developing a pretty comprehensive space management platform, um, which uh, encompassed uh, three different pieces of of kind of the chain, which are the consumer. So you know, you need the app to come in, but the app also functions as a way to um, sign up for different types of membership, whether it's pay as you use or monthly, uh, allows people to see in real time, um, you know, how many people are in the space, how busy it is, allows for reservations, allows to purchase products. Um, and then you have an, you know, an admin app, uh, which allows you to configure uh, every tiny piece of the space, you know, from reservation times to how much a reservation costs to supply chain ads, promos. Um, and then we have a host app, which allows our team within a space to actually interact with the guests, check them in, see who's there, uh, environmental data. Um, and so we've been thinking, you know, as well as, you know, operating our spaces, is it possible to you know, especially in the times of, of COVID, is it possible to um, configure our technology to allow um, or to help or aid um, businesses and offices to reopen using our technology? Um, so we've been approached a couple of times by restaurants and service retail um, asking us to implement our technology to allow them, you know, for allow guests to see uh, ahead of time how busy a space is and, you know, to, to the point of how many seats in a barber chair, how many seats on a table. Um, if it's too busy, can they go on a wait list? Can they get notified when there is a wait list? And then um, on the backside uh, in, in, the, in the retail space itself um, to manage kind of all the, all the customer flows, set, set capacity limits, um, you know, set waivers. You know, so you have to sign a waiver before you come in, loyalty schemes and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it's been pretty interesting to, look at how our tech could be used in, in, in different um, scenarios um, because really, you know, we've kind of catered to many different things within within our own space um, that we can translate to, to other you know, spaces and uh, office spaces as well. That's interesting. We've definitely seen a lot of conversation around that from, from all angles. I mean, even where I live, uh, they want to open the rooftop pool and they're like, well, we'll give visibility to residents um, and how the pool is. So it's interesting. How real time will that be uh, is my first question. And then do you have predictive analytics to support that as well? So not just what's happening, but predicting trends uh, so that people could plan for capacity as well? Yeah. So so in terms of how real time is it? I mean, it's, it's real time. And I think that's the interesting piece of our tech is, um, 
we don't need cameras, we don't need any kind of hardware installations because we do have those different kind of pieces of the technology and they're all kind of in- interlaced. So as soon as I check in, um, it, will, it will update on the app that you know, one person has checked in. So it's pretty much in, in you know, as real time as real time is. Um, and then in terms of predictive analytics, um, you know, we're, we're doing some and we're doing some things on the back end um, that we haven't launched yet, which allow us to to do this kind of predictive analytics and to um, you know sh- show uh, maybe ahead of time when when would be a busy time. Um, but I think you know th- that's going to require you know requires a lot of different data sets um, that we don't have yet, um, just based on uh, consumer behavior that we're we're still kind of you know it's still kind of unfolding as to uh, what that looks like uh, in a you know kind of a post COVID world. But it's something we're working on. Um, that we're trying to release in the next couple of weeks. Well, that's interesting. I think there's so many possibilities what, where you can go with that. Uh, what are you, what are your best um, advice uh, as you roll this out and you're working with partners to incentivize people to check in? Like, what, what kind of environments do you think people will gravitate to where they're willing to go through the process of downloading the app and checking in and sharing that information? Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. And I think it leads to, I mean, really there's two possibilities here, or really there's, there's one possibility that we, we see as kind of the dominant possibility. And I think that it is mandatory to, to, to have an app to, to check in. Um, and I think, you know, once, um, you know, say a restaurant or, um, you know, another service retail or an office, um, they need, uh, for, for both parties, they need the comfort of, of some way of, you know, social distancing or, or, you know, enabling social distancing, enabling waivers, you know, to say, you know, it's for people to say they haven't been sick or just to enable capacity in a, in a touchless, uh, manner. And I think, um, in order to do that, you, you can't, it can't really be optional. Um, it has to be mandatory. And I think, um, what we're seeing is that kind of the consumer base is willing to, uh, embrace that, um, you know, in order to access the things that they love, but also be safe. Um, that, that's kind of what we're seeing right now is that the, the conversations that we're having, um, at this time, they are mandatory kind of installations. And, and I think you'll see a pretty, uh, prevalent uptake of mandatory installations of apps, um, or, um, you know, we're also looking at uh, scenarios where we don't have an app that we can just do um, kind of data tracking, and uh, but it won't be as uh, as accurate and it won't be as safe. Um, so it's really kind of, yeah, it's kind of really what we're seeing right now. Yeah, it is definitely a person to person and everybody's having the same response yeah. <laughs> right now to their value around safety, which um, is a whole separate podcast conversation we could have. Um, you have an interesting background, though, before uh, Eden, you know, your background in voice technology. Where do you see this evolving? Like, how do you see potentially the integration of voice in your technology? Do you have any thoughts about the opportunity for kinetic technology and, and touchless? Where do you see the future going? Yeah, I think, um, you know, voice is an interesting, voice is an interesting thing. Um, you know, for us, um, I mean, this was five years ago. Um, you know, voice was the next natural interface. And, um, you know, after, after kind of 
you know, touch, you know, touch screens on your phone. Voice was always going to be the next natural interface for people. Um, at the time, the technology was just coming around where it was good enough um, to have kind of one-way conversations with a device. You know, the microphone technologies were good enough. The uh, natural uh, language processing technologies were, were good enough. Um, but it wasn't that kind of cohesive cohesive experience that you see, um, you know, something like Jarvis from, from Iron Man. Um, and that was kind of the vision was to create something like Jarvis. Um, I think now, you know, the technology is even better, but it's still not um, kind of conversational. It's still not to this place where um, it's good enough to have a conversation with someone. So really, it, it's still kind of in this command, uh, you know, it's still command functions only. Um, and, um, you know, in, in that regards, the way that we've created our technology doesn't really lead to, to, to adding in any voice functions just for the sake of having voice functions. I think um, once it becomes even even smarter and once it becomes kind of conversational, uh, then I think it's it's an interesting use case to have kind of a personal assistant with you at all times who can have a conversation with you, who can be kind of that, um, you know, literally that virtual uh, personal assistant um, that has that kind of cognitive understanding. Um, but I don't think we're there yet, and I don't think we will be for you know for for a while. Yeah, it's interesting. There's so many plans around technology that we've been talking about for years, and what you're also seeing is the state of things has really accelerated where tech could go. A lot of plans that were four years out are happening like right now. You know, you're seeing you're seeing mass retailers use drones, and you're seeing um, a lot more contactless payments. And so I think it's interesting to see where. Um, this could evolve too. And I think a lot of it's led with what will consumers embrace and do. Um, and, and, and they're seeing a lot of that accelerated, which is super interesting. So basically, we're going to see Eden expand to another five to six locations this year as an operator and then more aggressively into 2021, which is exciting and I think um, provides a lot of value add for where the world is, 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 is currently going. Um, we are going many places though right now, unfortunately, but that will change. So what I've asked everybody too is, um, when we can travel again, what is on your list of top three, either places to go or things to do? Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, nat naturally, naturally being, uh, being introverted, you know, uh, quarantine has been, uh, it's been fantastic for me. So, um, <laughs> try, trying to think of three places. Um, I, uh, I would love to, to finish. Uh, so, so I did a South America trip, uh, a couple of years ago and I, and I'd love to finish off the countries that, that I didn't visit, uh, in South America. Um, uh, but you know, they get, getting hit pretty hard right now. So it's going to, it's going to be a while. Um, where else? I mean, I, I'd love to go back to the, to the UK and to see my family. Um, that's probably up there at the top of the list. Um, haven't been back for, for a while now. Um, so that's, that's up there. And then, um, I would like to, I don't know. That's, that's the only two things I can think of right now. It's, that's, a, that's a tricky question, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the world is your oyster, right? <laughs> Eventually, is. they'll all open up again. But uh, I think that's, a, I mean, South America itself could keep you pretty busy. So we, we, I'm sure there's at least three countries or cities on that list. <laughs> exactly. um, but, uh, but thanks so much for being with us today. It was really exciting to learn more about uh, the vision of where you're going and how the business is transforming and the, the tool it really becomes not just for um, 
locations, but again, for consumers as well, as they want to gain visibility to the spaces that they're visiting. So everybody, this was Ben Silver, founder and CEO of Eden. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Melissa. I appreciate it.